0: Okay, we are in order. I was this far away from telling everybody that I need five minutes, and I was right. It's 12.36, so I apologize. Okay, here's what I want to do today. What I want to do today is I want to talk about one of my favorite topics, and that is why is it that we celebrate Sukkot? And we have a number of different crowds. We have a live crowd, a digital crowd, which is great. It's a lot of fun. And so, um, you know, when we talk about Sukkot, we, we immediately think of the trifecta of its twins with obviously Pesach and Shavuot because, well, let's face it, they're all connected because they're referred to as the Shlosh Regolim, the three pilgrimage holidays. So the question we have to ask ourselves is what's the, um, you know, if I had to play like a game and I played a game with you and the game was called like big deal or little deal, right? Is this a big thing or little thing? What would you say? So let's talk about Pesach. We left Egypt, big deal, little deal. What would you say? Big deal. What? Right? Uh, Shavuot, we're getting the Torah, right? We spoke with that. You say the big deal, little deal. You say wow, Torah. That's a that's a big deal. Are you ready for this? What about on Sukkot? What happened on Sukkot? We lived in huts. Huh? You follow? So is you know when you compare or in this case contrast. The holiday of Sukkot to the holiday of Pesach or holiday of Shavuot—it's like like apples and oranges. It's like Major leagues to, to to like Little League, right? Like there's no comparison between the two. That we have a holiday that connects to this incredible the Exodus in Egypt of Yitzya Mitzrayim of the redemption—it's gonna model all future redemptions—and now we're gonna compare those that that idea to. To living in a hut, I mean, it seems so trivial, insignificant, irrelevant. What's going on here? Fair. Is that a fair question? Is that a fair question? Fair question. Good. Now, there's another thing that's very strange with the holiday of Sukkot. And that is that there's a passage in the Gemara, in the Talmud, that asks a very interesting question about the holiday of Sukkot. When the Pasuk says, <laughs> The Bnei Yisrael, by the way, I sent this out. Um, someone asked a question about uh, making a bracha. So it's very important. The word, le'ishev basuka, most probably does not mean to sit. As, you have to forget modern Hebrew of shevet is to sit. But when you talk about Ashra yoshrei vetecha, praise be a person who dwells in the houses. b'keish yaakov shevet vashalva. Yaakov wanted to dwell in peace, right? You know, you have to understand that uh, le- le- shave probably does not mean to sit. It means to dwell, to live. Which is why in your sukkah, you mean, doesn't mean you have to sit in your sukkah. You have to dwell, live in your sukkah, right? That's that's important. I don't know, maybe like, I'm not even so sure, but maybe like the tzedukim just like sit cross legged all day in the sukkah. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. How they understand that. But okay, whatever. Um, if you don't know what I'm referring to but still game, I I apologize. Remind me I'll, I'll speak to another time. So the idea of being in your sukkah, the Torah tells us in Parshat emor that why? But Kiba Sukoro Shavtiya bin Israel that I may bin Israel dwell in the sukkah. On that, you know what the Talmud says? The Gemara is like, what does that verse mean? It means either A or B. It means either what? Anybody know? Either they actually sat in real huts, sukkot mamish, or it means it doesn't mean sukkot mamish. It means that we lived in the Ananea Kavod in the clouds of glory.
1: This is even
0: stranger. I don't understand. The holiday commemorates something which we're not even so sure about. Unclear. Either it's physical sukkas, which don't seem to be that important, or a metaphysical hut out of the clouds of glory. This is even stranger. So, what does that mean? Why doesn't it say that in the Torah? Why would the rabbi say something which doesn't appear to be the simple explanation of the text itself? And another question we have to ask sounds like Pesach, I'm asking a lot of questions is well, if it's about what we dwelled in, why are we celebrating that now? In October, in Tishrei. Fair question. So, let's see if we can resolve all these questions. Are you ready? Here we go. It's not a coincidence. Sukkot is actually mentioned in two other places in the Torah. Nothing to do with the holiday. Where are the two other places in the Torah that the words Sukkot are mentioned? One, is in Rashid. Two, is in Shemot. Totally not connected to the holiday of Sukkot. Anybody know online? Anybody know live? I have somebody knows and they're just being modest. No, it's not, Loba is Shalomade. No, it's not time to be modest, you know? No idea? No idea? Okay, I will tell you. Anybody else? I want to call people out. Okay, fine. Answer. When Benishra get out of Mitzrayim and Parsha Bo, they leave Mitzrayim. That's like leaving uh, Thornhill. But they don't leave like the GTA, they just go to Toronto. The first place that they go to, is Sukkotah so that's not, that can't be coincidence it can't be a coincidence that after they leave downtown goshen they go to a place called Sukkotah or i don't know if it's called Sukkotah it is called by the torah Sukkotah which doesn't necessarily mean that like Muhammad called that place Sukkotah right or abdullah called it Sukkotah but hashem with calling the motion, write this down then Israel leave leave and they go to Sukkotah that is actually mentioned in a number of places in the torah it's repeated again in Massey when they talk about other travel, the travels. That is the first destination. So right away you have to ask yourself, well, the first destination the minister go to is Sukkot. That has to be significant. But that happens in April, right? That happens in in Nissan, right? That's the first place they leave. So, okay, but at least I can put that in the back of my head. Next, there's another Sukkot that's mentioned in Breshi. Anybody know of someone who built a Sukkot in Breshi? Who builds a sukkah in Answer, Yaakov. Yaakov builds a sukkah. He builds it for his meat, his cattle. He's he's running away from Esav. He builds a uh, a sukkah. Also goes to a place called Sukkotah. Can't be a coincidence. Here's what's interesting. Yaakov is coming with his flock and his sheep, and he's all living kind of like together in a sukkah. So sukkah is a temporary dwelling. That's like a hut, right? some people like their favorite activity is like called sukkah in the hut you know so there we go now what we need to kind of figure out is what's the connection what's the connection between Yaakov building a sukkah he runs away from esav away from esav which by the way has a lot of connections to pesach which we don't have to deal with but nonetheless he builds a sukkah a little rickety hut and the first place that they dwell in is Sukkotah and this holiday is called Sukkot what's the connection between all of them well because remember when we leave this holiday Sukkot has to be connected to something it just has to be so maybe the first place we go to is a place called Sukkotah so what would be if you were to be an Israelite what would your attitude what would your emotional psychological state be in this place called Sukkotah what would it be what would you be thinking in your head? You just left Goshen, now you're going to a place called Sukota. What are you thinking? What's going on? It's in your head right now. You're freaking out? What's the game plan? Right, too many people just walked out of Egypt, and now you're somewhere. So I don't know about you, but I'm in the midst right now planning GLSC Simchat Torah, which is complicated. I think I have a solution. Not planning for more than 100 people in a few different locations, and it's complicated. Imagine planning for tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, of many people just to show that sounds very complicated. Logistical nightmare, actually, to be honest with you. And they're all Jews, even worse, right? So. You know that, like, oh, you know, my bed's to this, not enough of this, we want more of that. It was better here, better there. You know, it's going to be rough. And you're like the camp director. You're like the tour guide. You're the entertainment. You're everything. So there's a tremendous amount of pressure right now. And come the Israelites and they leave. And if Sukkotah are a place that we learn from Yaakov, of temporary huts and temporary dwellings, there's a lot of fear and anxiety happening right now in this first destination. So maybe when Hashem says, Ki He means that first location, that first place that Benesra went to, they went to a place called Tsukota, and they lived in something called Tsukota. But you see, this idea might not be taken there. I will explain what I mean. They, they went to a place called Tsukota. Yes, they did. And what do they live in? Either huts or near Cambodia. They're actually really the exact same thing. Why? In both instances, they're saying that we lived by the hand of God. What's the difference if it's a rickety hut or it's the clouds of glory? Either way, they're totally in God's hands. They're totally dependent on God. They've just left their taskmasters. Taskmasters. They are literally in a place they have no control. No idea. It's the flimsy hut is like the clouds of glory in the sense that they're under God's protection or God's plan. What the plan is, they have no idea. Where they're going, they're not even so sure. How they're there, they've absolutely no idea. Where they're going to eat, they have provisions for a couple of days. After that, no clue. Water, no idea. Everything's up to God. So, in many ways, the message is you know that experience of what it's like to be uprooted from your house, from your land. You've lived there your entire life. You know nothing else but this place. And now you're told to go somewhere else. What the feeling must be. You know, we're told to change our lifestyle a little bit during COVID and we freak out We can that. Imagine saying you're leaving your house, your home, probably forever, for a number of days. You don't know exactly how long. You're going, so- you have no idea what's happening to you. And you go says in the Torah, that first place that you went to was Sukkotah, remember that moment. Have a holiday called Sukkotah, do you know why? Have a holiday where you experience what's it like to be in God's hands, not to be in control. Where you live, where you dress, what you dress, what you wear, what you eat, where you sleep, everything is in God's hands, that's very scary, that's the unknown experience. So Sukkot represents the traversing the desert, that first stop, and the subsequent stops, which ends up being a lot more than the original plan was, being in God's hands. That's a very powerful experience. Now, and when the rabbis argue, they're arguing over something which is just technical, but it's technical. Do we highlight what God did for us, or do we highlight what we do for God? Right? We built the sukkahs, we went out there, we listened to God, we said, God, we're in your hands, help us, protect us, provide for us. So in many ways, it's highlighting, are we just, you know, you build these shaggy homes? We kind of did, we trust God, or is it that absolute God's presence? But in many ways, they're not actually that different from each other. And the larger picture. So now we are understanding this holiday of Sukkot is really all about commemorating that first stop That's the historical moment that will then be extrapolated on for the next days and weeks and months for our journey. That's that moment. Now, the question is why do we do that in Tishrei? Well, I'll tell you what I do in Tishrei. Because in Pesach, we remember leaving Mitzrayim. Sukkot, we remember how we left Mitzrayim. The journey has value. Our destination is very important, but the journey is just as important. Why? Because the journey is extremely valuable. The journey is about Sukkot. We live in this temporary place. Now, remember, we're supposed to go to Israel. and In Israel, we're going to, what are we going to do so we don't forget the entire experience of leaving Mitzrayim? So what we're going to do is we're going to commemorate Mitzrayim every year, leaving Egypt. I took you out. We have to commemorate how he took us out. Not that he took us out. How he took us out. Took us out. That's the holiday of sukkot now why would we celebrate it now answer well guess what's the coincidence could you, it is the furthest date possible from pesach why because it's exactly six months later it's the 15th of tishrei pesach is the 15th of nisan exactly six months later so at the very moment they most likely forget about mitzrayim you have another holiday right so it why because the holiday I guess it only lasts six months you have, you have six months memory after that you have bad memory so you leave shrine, and we, Hashem puts the holiday at the furthest point, it's the furthest way from Pesach possible, it's right at the equidistant mark, and Hashem says, I want you to remember not just the shrine, the experience of Mitzrayim, the experience of the Exodus, that is very important, so I provided for you, I took care of you, now why does that matter? I'll tell you why it matters, because you're going to go to the land of Israel, and you're going go to move to Thornhill, unfortunately, or Toronto, and you're going to have sobies, and you're going to have Makolat, and you're going to think that God is to of you anymore." that you take care of yourself. Why? Because you build nice houses and you build nice palatial homes and you're gonna think that you take care of yourself. And you make your own food and you earn a lot of money and hopefully the stock market won't crash and hopefully you'll still have a job and you'll have a Parnassah and everything will be okay and you'll be you'll be wealthy and then you're, you're gonna forget God because you're doing so well and you're gonna think it's all because of you. Hashem says, no, remember that journey where you had absolutely nothing and I provided everything for you? I want you to rem- remember that experience every year so that you don't forget that I still provide for you, It just was obvious. In the desert, bread fell from the sky. Now, bread comes from the shelf. Or, if you're agricultural, bread comes from the ground. Not from sobeys, or Babas or whatever it's called. Now, in, 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 in the desert, water came from the ground. Israel's not going to have great water from the ground, a little bit. But hopefully, rain will come from the sky. Water will come from the sky. As it was in the desert, water came from the ground. The bear, well. So things will be flipped. So it's very easy to forget that Sinai experience of getting that Torah. That I need to relive every year. It's very easy to experience. And the covenantal and forging, becoming a nation. And that. it's very easy to forget leaving Mitzrayim. That God took us out and miracles. And that's... To get from point A to point B, and eventually from point B to point C, which is land of Israel, there's a whole experience. There's a whole living. God took care of us in Eret Lozruah, Rua, in a land that was totally barren. God took care of us, provided everything for us. You have to remember that. Because He still provides for us, it's just less obvious. So we, Hashem says, I want you to go and leave your house and go to a sukkah you know what a sukkah is so it's a temporary scary dwelling imagine how scared yakovina was when he's about to encounter his brother imagine how scared he was imagine how scared benisha were when they really first left inside. i want you to relive that experience understand that and realize that you are under our sense protection you are under divine protection and by the way you think you're safe and secure in your home you might not be it's a facade that you're really so safe and secure in your home there's something called COVID. there's something called lightning something called god forbid an earthquake there's many things that could happen a big bad wolf could blow your house down right he made it a brick right so so it's a facade that you're safe in your own home you create your home and you think you're safe in there by the way by and large we are We have to really recognize if you really want to be safe you can be just as safe living in your sukkah because you're under divine protection how do we know as our ancestors for a generation we have to relive that not because we want to because we need to to re-experience living under God's protection, either this ananeah or mamish tent, huts. But both are the exact same, because a hut will give you about as much protection from snakes and scorpions and bad weather as nothing, right? So B'nai Yisrael build either a fledgling hut in their Dutch experience, or this metaphysical ananeah kavod, clouds of glory that's protecting us. But they're really the exact same thing. Because in the desert, we need total protection from God, Flimsy Hut ain't gonna do much anyways. So my friends, I think (coughs) circus is really all about, it's about that moment of the journey, that first stop out of Egypt, remembering whose hands are we really in? Who's gonna protect us? Who's gonna guide us, to comfort us? He wants to provide for us and give us an dress. We have to relive and remind ourselves of that experience every single year. That's why we have to leave our homes. So now we go back to the original question of big deal, little deal. Well, Pesach's a big deal, Shavuot's a big deal, but Sukkot is a big deal. Because the fact that we left and we followed and we were under divine protection and God took care of us and protected us and he sold us today, that is of paramount importance. So much so that was in fact a holiday. B'Shukot you for Sukkot for seven days, we have to sit, not just sit, dwell, live, experience what it was like. Okay, so I think that's really the message of um, that's the message of Sukkot, about living in a Sukkah. Um, next week, we'll talk about the dull medium. We'll talk about the, the art medium next week, not to, not today. Um, simply because, you know, today we're in circuit building mode. I don't know about you, but we are. Although not that I have so much to do on my Sukkah. I'm just doing the schacha. I have a COVID-free, a COVID, I think healthy sukkah that I have lots of air can go through my sukkah because it's lattice I can show you guys on my my uh, my sukkah I'm sure some of you haven't been here before right right there you go that's the lattice I'll turn around camera right there you go lattice everywhere lattice lattice that's the uh that's the sukkah so we're good over here so and then in case you don't trust me I'm just very worried when it isn't bad. And then there you go, got it to work. Right, there you go. See, see Lattice, everybody? With the that, Lattice, Lattice, Lattice. See, ventilation is the name of the game these days. Okay, so one of the reasons, and this is what I called it, but I know, why do I love my, um, why do I love my riggedy hut so much? I love my riggedy hut for many reasons. One, I love it because it's up all year round, and I always have my Lattice up, and it's super, super, super amazing um that was my dream never to have to like have walls and to and restore them and i love it because it it really reminds me of trying to be in uh, you know god's protection which which is why the halacha i think says this very clearly a second doesn't even need four walls A needs needs like two and a bit walls to be kosher sukkah it's not because jews are bad at construction they don't have to build a wall a house properly or have properly but Rather, it's because to show you that really just a small little hut gives you as much protection as a sturdy fortress. You actually realize that a is around the world. He's there to protect us, and He loves us. He's giving us that super hug in the sukkah, especially after Yom Kippur. But maybe we're going to talk about that a little bit more next week, the relationship between Sukkot and Yom Kippur. Um, Maybe we'll just end with that idea. If Yom Kippur, the Shekhinah, God's presence, is so palpable, maybe we build the sukkah, to ensure that presence. Six around a little bit. Right? That maybe we're, we're saying that the Shekhinah, God's presence, has been in many ways manifested in the Sukkah. We're sure the Kabbalists understood it this way. If that's true, we capture that Shekhinah rather than a Kippur and building a Sukkah. So Sukkah is almost a to the M'Kippur. Okay, more on that. Maybe uh, we'll talk a little bit about some um, Kabbalistic understandings of Sukkah I think we're also going to give us a very profound message. But we'll do love we'll also our menu next week. We have a lot to do. We have a few days to do it as well. So I'm not sure exactly the days yet next week. Take a look online. But great, great, great to see everybody. Wishing everyone and your families a Chag Sameach. Enjoy the Chag. It's supposed to rain a little bit. Hopefully not. Um, and hopefully we'll see each other alive. Very, very. Beautiful day. If you want cards, let me know. Sighur Shoshana cards. Bye, Leah. Bye. Great to see you, everybody. Thank you.